Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's an ambitious effort. It's more than that. Pick that one out. Welcome to Everton Football Club. Gilfie Sigurdsson. Chance here for Everton to really seal it. Dominic Calvert-Lewin has done exactly that. Hello everybody and welcome to the very first Royal Blue podcast of the new year in association with Sport Pacer. So happy new year to all our listeners and welcome back. Uh, my name is Phil Kirkbride, the Everton reporter and today I am joined by Gav Buckland, Adam Jones and the returning Greg O'Keefe to make up a very suitable back four, I'd say. Me and Gav, you'll be at centre half, I think. Can you uh, see on the uh, full crowd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so why wouldn't you have me and Greg at centre half? Height. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Swift attacking fullbacks. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, thank you very much for uh, listening and joining in today. We have a rough agenda, which we'll focus on. Uh, obviously, there's a significant stadium update on Sunday uh, provided by the club and, and chief exec Robert Elston. So, we'll discuss that. We'll also discuss the pursuit of Seng Toshan as we stand here on uh, Wednesday afternoon. And also, we'll look ahead to the derby, a second game at Anfield in, in a month and, and discuss what the tactics may or may not be. Um, Greg, you've been good enough to come back in, so we'll start with you, um, if we may, about, about the stadium. Yeah. Um, a significant update from, from the football club on Sunday. What was what did you take from it? What was the, the standout line for you that, as an Evertonian, you went, that's what I'm taking from, from what was said? I think it was just the... Even by the guarded language of Robert Alston in the past, he has, for perhaps understandable reasons, had to be cautious when talking about the stadium because he's he probably learned, you'd hope he's learned, from the uh, lesson, painful lessons of past projects. But even in that sort of diplomatic language, what shone through for me was, I want to say, a certainty or certainly a confidence that I've never really mm. heard <clears throat> when talking about the stadium projects before. Um, we know why. Obviously, it's it's largely Farhad Mashiri's uh, financial muscle and a new kind of compliance with the council. Joe Anderson, well behind it. And I was interested to see he was tweeting just around about the time when uh, Robert's statement broke in the echo. Uh, and Anderson was tweeting that it's uh, the, the financial package, which Robert mentioned, is almost close to being completed. Mm. Now, um, Joe's obviously a, a seasoned politician. He's not going to put his neck on the line to such an extent I know quite a lot of Reds are saying oh it'll still never happen it'll never happen but I suspect that that's a little bit of creeping fear now mm. because for me uh, the fact that they equally were able to say a date not prevaricate or maybe this season or that season but say 22-23 20, mm. season uh, which is not in the grand scheme of things too far away all that for me combines to the, the behind the scenes there's real confidence this is, is going places I think obviously initially given when the Commonwealth Games were still on the table they were actually even talking about being in the ground 
yeah. 12 months prior to that. Yeah. But I think, you know, given the length of time, Gav, that it's taken yeah. for, for the club to get to such a point, and as Greg says, such to get to a confident point, we're not going to be sort of picking over the finer details of losing 12 months in that, in no, that respect. No, the more uh, pressing point for me was the, I can't remember the exact words, a significant increase mm. in costs. Um, Didn't you always expect that, though? Yeah, you can, I was just about to say, you can yeah. always expect that. Um, but what those are compared was the original sort of 300 was it, it was like but these it, things have like yeah, a sort of like think, fly in the water I, I, fly, think, I think the, the I think the, yeah, sorry yeah yeah the, the, the sort of cautious wording of it at the yeah, time yeah. was at, at least 300 million yeah um, yeah and Tottenham has spiralled hasn't yeah it? well it's doubled as it spares um, yeah so for me um, that that you know and I appreciate all the positive stuff you know they can be they can be enormous burdens if you if, if if you get it wrong, can't they? New, new grounds, and, and that's that's something that they're not concerned about at the moment. So we should be cognizant of going forward. And, and the other thing is, is really what the capacity is going to be. As I see some of the some of the numbers that have been bandied around sixty thousand, I just don't think uh, yeah. being justified sixty k stadium uh, the way football is going in the future. I think uh, I think fifty will be uh, with an option of being able to develop if you uh, so yeah. wish. Um, I think I think building a 60k stadium in the way live football will grow and grow and maybe the Premier League as we know won't exist in 10 years time I think is a big risk even um, though Gav that this has to be and it's been quite clearly mentioned a few times it has to be a multi-purpose multi-use stadium even even with that in respect yeah 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 I guess it has that to pay for itself, it has it? to pay for itself but uh, as far as I'm concerned it can pay for itself in, in a 50k you know uh, I just think we get some of the figures I've seen bandied around and our corporate seats and how many we can have in, in a market that's already saturated is it's a bit over ambitious and I just you know and the way people watch telly now televised football is changing the way they watch live football in the future will change as a consequence the way as say the game is organised will, will impact on, on, on us um, we want to be part of that like sort of in the mix there in like super leagues or whatever you would call it obviously but to me that's the that's a pressing concern for me is that is apart from the positive stuff is the 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 costs and the the size of the ground that we don't become over ambitious and base it on what what it what the current scenario is is think what's going to be like in 10 20 years down the line um, Adam, I think uh, Robert Elson would use phrases such as atmospheric and ambitious when it com- comes to capacity. So, given what Gav has said, what what do you feel would be the right number? Um, I know we're a long way off this, yeah. and understandably the club won't be putting capacity figures on anything too soon because funding is the priority at this stage. Uh, what do you think would be wise? Yeah, I think I agree with Gav. Really, <coughs> I think it's important for us to not try and run before we can walk. Get get. 50,000 seater stadium see if it make if we can make it work because to be honest like this is this is something that's new for the city like Everton and Liverpool haven't moved in generations so yeah. not it all of all we can do is speculate at this point no one no one really knows what's going to happen when one of the big clubs makes this kind of move so I think a 50,000 capacity gives us the option to keep that atmosphere that, that we all know and love at Goodison and Obviously, have the expand like the opportunity to expand at some point in the future. I think Man City mm. ended up taking up yeah. that option, didn't yeah. they? I think that's something that we can. That's I think that's the route that we should be on. That. So and still the sorry to interrupt. Sorry. But still the Etihad isn't always full, and yeah, they're exactly. watching. 
a historic, you know, record-breaking, historically and, yeah, yeah. good Premier League team. And that was mm. going to come on to my next point. Would you class the Etihad as a atmospheric, for want of a better phrase, bear pit-like stadium that you fear going to in that respect? I, th- I think the multi, the multi-purpose stadium. Mm. Like it, that is a very multi-purpose yeah. stadium. I'd want to, I'd want to try and avoid that model mm-hmm. as much as we could. Really, it's yeah. a balance that because, as we said before. The stadium does have to pay for itself, and, mm. and, it, and it keeps being mentioned, doesn't it, that it has to be more than just a football stadium if it's if we're going to return on yeah. the on the money we're putting out for well, it. That's what they're saying about paying for the increased, increased costs. Is that you know Robert Elston said that I think you, you know you, you can't get a one. It's very difficult to get a one size fits all solution on this, mm. isn't it? Really, yeah. I just think that we just have to be careful that we're not over ambitious in terms of our planning and say, oh, you know, we want a bigger stadium in Liverpool and all this type of stuff. Where it actually, you know, needs to be cognizant of our respective supporter sizes. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the atmosphere. I mean, so to feel before on this is, is the, the atmosphere in the ground is still generated by the team on the pitch, isn't it? Mm. Largely and. The important thing is to get a team playing the right way and in a manner that generates its atmosphere um, um, naturally. Um, it's still very, it's like problems football faces at the moment is creating atmosphere in any crowd, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can you can build a stadium with high walls like, you know, Valencia or Seville or something like this, but you need something to stimulate that atmosphere and don't need I, really I, I agree with yeah. you that we, we shouldn't get lured into a vanity trap yeah, yeah. of trying to say if for the sake of being a bit bombastic we've got the stadium and it's got like 100 extra seats in Anfield or, yeah. I, I think you, we've got to be realistic Absolutely. and that's not to put Everton down in any way but just accept that Liverpool in terms of the global and commercial development are currently uh, what anyway it's, that's a separate it's a, se- but it's a separate thing but it's not be... like years considerably further ahead yeah yeah and, and so yeah that's yeah. that's what it is i do think dan mice will hopefully be a useful asset in all in all in, in the striking balance between getting something that's not a purpose fit like you, you rightly say at the stadium and something that can help generate atmosphere yeah but then as you say the, the key kind of like intangible is we don't know where we're going to be at as a team who's going to be managing them what sort of players that ultimately is, mm. is what determines how a stadium and atmosphere. Yeah, and I'd say, I mean, I don't want to go off topic, but it's still linked with that. I think some of that, that Goodison at the moment is apparent. If, if you play, I don't want to sort of um, go into detail on this, but if, if, if you play containing football at home, mm. you know, and, you know, like we have done a couple of games that we've had to against some of the bigger teams, that doesn't lend itself, does it, to to like creating a great atmosphere does it you know so that's just what I'm saying really is just like it's what's up on the pitch that creates the atmosphere and, and and I think you know the four years on you know and for I've spoken about this the four years that we've got between now and then are absolutely crucial yeah mm. so, somebody made a really interesting point to me on that earlier today when they said Everton have effectively got to cut their cloth accordingly because this isn't a stadium that's been bankrolled by Farhad. It's something that will be underpinned by him and his contacts and stuff. But there still needs to be money in the bank yeah. to build a team that's going to create winning football and atmosphere, as you say, Gav. So um, I think it's right. But what would we what would we prefer? Would we prefer a 50,000-seat stadium, which which we know in theory would, would be compact and, and the fans would be on top of the pitch and it would, it would tick all of those boxes? And it couldn't be built upon extra. It'd be fifty thousand. That would be it. Or would we say, let's build sixty with the or fifty-eight with the option yeah. of getting another five on it? I don't know, Gad. What do you think? 
It's a tough question, that, isn't it? Because ultimately, the plot at Bramio isn't the biggest, is it? So there's, there's going to have to be a decision. There'll be a finite. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. will be, be a limit. To expand no, it's not like the Emirates beyond. or whatever, no. is it? Well, there's mm. a huge plot yeah. where they could She'd do it. She'd be in the Mersey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Might be a few balls put in the Mersey if Sam's still in charge. <laughs> 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 Clear it. <laughs> by the opposition. Yes. Yeah, by the opposition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's an interesting question. What do you think? I think it's tough. I think I'd have to. In my head, I'd have to play it safe and go go fifty. I'd, I'd want I'd want to prioritise still keeping yeah. that Goodison esque atmosphere. And also, I guess there's maybe a, a a fan feel about going to the ground as well, isn't it? To consider you don't want to be in again. We mentioned the Emirates, or the Etihad, and it's very kind of steady slope, relaxed. You know what? You want to enjoy, as much as on the pitch, you want to feel like you're in a football ground, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And don't forget, even if they get a 50 or even 55,000, 50 with the potential to go up to 55,000 mm. seater stadium, that's still five times bigger than the Echo Arena. Yeah. So you can attract the big rock yeah. bands or pop acts yeah. or shows, I think, comfortably. And and the location, we haven't mentioned the location mm. because I know we take it for granted, but people outside Liverpool might, it's still going to have such a wow factor mm. where it's going to be. I really do. So, um, fifty-five thousand, if it ends up with the potential to go up that high, is no small stadium by any means, is mm. it? Well, it's fifteen thousand more than Huddersfield, isn't it? Exactly. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. won't have any mass, any no. restricted views in yeah, there. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a, you know, ultra modern. I'm, I'm, with, I'm on the fifty on this. I, I just think there's a big risk in going to sixty because I, I, I even think fifty going forward is a bit of a risk myself mm. because. Really? Well, it's, but next TV deals 210 live games is now sort of what 380 is it mm-hmm. 220. Mm-hmm. So by the time we move into the stadium, inevitably every live game, every match will be on live, won't it? Mm. Uh, so there's that factor you've got to take into account. Um, the fact you know you've got a 200 year lease on whatever it is on the you know you've got to think about what's football going to be like in 30, 40 years time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've, got, you've got to you know what, what you don't want is build a 60,000 seat stadium and then all of a sudden. The format of football changes, all this type of stuff, and you're left with, you know, I hate that word future proof. I was about to say that's the phrase, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 You've got to think more than, well, we've got like X number of people on our waiting list at the moment and stuff like this. You've got to think, well, what's going to change in the future? I'm not saying make that decision, but that has to be part Mm. of the decision about the size of the ground and how much you're going to invest. I fully agree, but what else will be key, which Everton uh, have proven good at in recent years? Probably even I'd suggest in in our band of Premier League clubs, uh, industry leaders is competitive pricing and not pricing out ordinary working class fans. Yeah. And that's gonna go hand in hand well, that's, with this new stadium. Well, that's been a major success at Goodison recently. Yeah. Why the you know the, their attendances are full full out full yeah, out yeah, every yeah, week, isn't that. it? Yeah. And, and, and but it's balancing paying for it again, isn't it? And do yeah. we say escalating costs? Yeah. You and know, do we say actually? Well, but ultimately, as you're saying, Gav, there'll be a bounce when we first move there, mm. and then after that. If you can watch the game on how, 220 games, is it? Well, when it goes, I think it's 220. It's you know, there's going to be so many competing factors. You yeah. know, when it, and so when it comes to uh, New Year's Day and it's blowing a, a horrible gale and yeah. it's United, Marino United. So that's a bad example because that's even most people would want to go and watch United. Say it was Stoke. A lot of people might just decide to watch it on telly. It's just and that's it and that, that's mm-hmm. the whole thing and, and you're saying about like the way people say about dare I say that phrase millennials or people even younger than that <laughs> like who won't want to buy a subscription for 
you know, like, you know, a 40, 50 quid TV subscription a month, we'll oh, right, rather yeah. do something else. But that will eventually go to people. Like, see, you know, you, the same thing will ultimately happen, I think, with like buying season tickets and stuff. It just won't be seen as like something that people want to do. And I just, I know we are greater engagement fans, and I say feel fair price and stuff, but we still have a stadium to pay for. And whether mm. that, that model is sustainable, uh, that price model sustainable in a new ground that's got to pay for itself um and we've got to like fans fair play and all that to want to sponsor bills i just think to me it doesn't it doesn't seem logical to have anything more than 50. i'd even say you know if, if it costs significantly to go from 45 to 50 just keep a 45 because I, I don't see anything in the game that's that will will increase supporters going to the match in future mm. i just don't see it mm. you know if it's the opposite to me you end up in like italy don't you mm. Yeah, you know, there's danger. You know, given we've just spent what 10, 12 minutes there debating very roughly some of the things, <laughs> can you understand now that or have empathy where the club in March made the big announcement with the council? And I think we were expecting to see an announcement of a funding in place probably before the end of the year. That's still not there, but they're confident it'll happen. You know, given and everything that Elson had said about inflation and rising costs, yeah. I've got to be patient. I think you understand me, there's a lot of excitement about this. But equally, have we got to go? You know what? They have to be has to be right. Spot there's on, no yeah. there's no room for error because mm. this is the one yeah. shot the club oh, have got. Hundred yeah. percent. This is one of the this is one of the biggest periods in Everton's history. Like easily, like you can't you can't afford to get a ground move wrong. So we 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 need to make sure we get this right. And I think taking our time over it is essential. Yeah. The other thing as well is is that we're called Brexit. Mm. Isn't it in the, yeah, in the meantime? Course, and yeah. nobody the knows anywhere yeah, about how course. that's going to impact on yeah. on things, both in terms of um, you know, Even just football, people yeah. built labour, labour, steel costs, Fo- just on football in general. Never mind. Yeah. It'd, be Never fasc- mind. it'd be fascinating to know, you know, if yeah. when was when was the um, referendum last summer? Yeah. Mm. It'd be fascinating to know if if Everton they sat round that and they got in the, woke up in the morning on the Friday morning after the referendum and Farhad and yeah. Bale and Robert all went. Oh, I'm sure they would. I think any business would have done, wouldn't they? Especially mm. somebody who's got big plans for the next three or four years. And it, it, the, 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 you know, we talk about 2022, and you know, Brexit timescales are obviously a little bit woolly. But there's there's some of me that's sort of actually why don't we just hang on for a little bit? Because nobody nobody knows. I mean, and it's it's a great conundrum for everything to do with football and. That it's that's another risk you've got to throw into the pocket. It's yeah. going to what you're saying, fellas, that actually the whole it's not a case of saying, I'll tell you what, let's build a fifty five thousand season stadium, build it there, and like go ahead and do it, you know, like, you know, mm. put your spade in the ground. You, there's a whole host of imponderables to take account of that. Mm. It's just it's it's difficult to comprehend, isn't it? Yeah. You just gotta hope yeah. that the seemingly indomitable Premier League monster yeah. survives yeah. even even the economic challenge of Brexit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Because I don't I see I absolutely see where you're coming from, but I wouldn't sort of advocate pausing no, no, pausing no, no, it yeah. because I think Fair we're already too far behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the even the Northwest top four well and it, it is actually the top four, isn't it, more or less at the moment. Yeah. So to just delay it on something at the moment we, is a situation we've all been as a nation thrust and actually as a continent in a way thrust into yeah uh, and we just don't know yeah but it is that i do not see where you're coming from because it's such a difficult situation isn't it well, it really is yeah because and what you do about and, and you know and you've got you to go ahead it. but it's you know i feel i'm, I'm sure that the powers of being out of me so the folk you know 
Yeah. Now I'd like to see what the reaction was. Well, I didn't. I'm not in charge of building the yeah, yeah. football <laughs> stadium. It just got, you know, we've spoken a lot, haven't we? Sports have spoken about, about well, I've not heard anything about, well, actually, it's always stuff to think about. I'm not surprised mm. because, you know, um, there's, there's so many things, just, and just the having to build a ground, full stop, the, the, mm. the, the planning to do with that, even yeah. before you get into what we're talking about is the scope of yeah. the project army, not even the project itself, it's the scope of the project. I think, I think. from my understanding, I think, maybe ironically, the actual planning process is probably going to be, it's seen as hopefully not going to be too much of a problem because yeah. it's, you know, they're not, you know, starting to do priority work and it's ticking the boxes and making, yeah. it's just the funding and getting that in place and, 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 and going for it. But it's not just, it's all the infrastructure around the ground as well, isn't it? It's all the, yeah. the you know, all the, the transport links and all that, but like, you know, the economics of the future also impacts on that as well, don't they? So it's a, it's a big job, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know. So you know, there's definitely an element of risk and, and gamble almost in building a new stadium, and there certainly appears to be an element of risk and gamble in the transfer market. And what a, a link! On yeah, a oh, you know what? You never I used know. to get that when I hosted. Yeah. So as we uh, <laughs> sit round the uh, podcast table, uh, Everton are. Uh, we believe in talks with Besiktas in London, try to thrash out a deal for Seng Toshin. Uh, Adam, come to you first. Mm-hmm. Um, is Toshin, as you would look at him and what you've seen of him or what you have been told about him, is he has he been worth? Is he worth what is becoming a not protracted but something that's dragging on now? And, and is it worth getting into a, a bidding war with Besiktas and, and having them, you know? Play a game if you like. I, th- I think it's. I think we ha- we're going to have to set a, a, a limit. Really, we can't we can't allow this to turn into another kind of Giroud saga. Uh, as we understand it, obviously Toshun is the top target, but I'd like to personally think that there are alternatives if this doesn't happen. So, I'd, I'd say if in the next two days, Besiktas are still being very unreasonable. I would say with the. With their transfer dealings, I think it's probably it's probably best to look elsewhere. Even though, from what I've seen of him, he has been a, a top talent. He's banging in the goals in Turkey, doing doing it in the Champions League. Can he bring it over from Turkey? It's always a big risk when you when you sign someone from there. But, so, mm. I I, w- I wouldn't be too sure. But if we, if we can get him in over the next couple of days, I think he'd be a very worthwhile signer. But Greg, it's six months or so since Romelu Lukaku left. You've just got to get it done, haven't you? Yeah, it's awful. But as much as I'm afraid Steve Walsh and Everton's boards, you might well be sick of hearing about, hearing about it, but the frustration over the failures last summer won't go away until they're belatedly rectified. And so it is almost stating the obvious to keep saying that they had all that time, knowing realistically Lukaku was going, and had spectacularly failed to replace him. But yeah, all right, let's not go over that old ground too much. What they absolutely had to do and have to do this month was 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 as much as they can replace him, or at least bring in a centre-forward capable of scoring goals. And we always said, for I remember, yeah. 18 months ago, like-for-like replacements for, for Lukaku were probably unrealistic. Yeah. So we're not saying um, Senkatoshin has to be that. But what I, do, what I do feel is that they have to... It's not the first time they've encountered difficult negotiation with foreign clubs. Remember, yeah. remember the ups and downs of the Yarmolenko. <coughs> so, yeah, it's on my list of things. Yeah, yeah. The Look, Portuguese fella wasn't it the yeah. year before last. Yeah. So there's been a few. Hasn't so it? Liverpool, and Liverpool have had problems as well yeah. when they were trying to 
did negotiate with Shakhtar Donetsk for the uh, his name escapes but Tashira. Yeah. Tashira. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the sort of tactics that they do. I remember our colleagues here telling us some really interesting stories about how these clubs would just go rogue and it would be almost you'd sympathise with these boards because it must be a nightmare yeah. to deal with. And I believe Turkey is a similarly volatile market to deal with and you know, agents get involved and all of a sudden it makes it more complicated and we know all that. But it's not new that that's going to be a challenge. So what I, I want to just see that Steve Walsh is, is doing this in a sort of planned, methodical way. And I think the big question is, and I'll ask, I'll kind of throw it to you, how long is reasonable, given that he's obviously their first target, how long is reasonable for them to say, well, no, let's try and get the deal done before they have to just go to plan B? Because I totally get what Adam's saying and saying you have to set a you know, mm. period but equally, January itself is a finite period, so yeah. we can't wait too long. 27 and a half days left, and, and, and yeah, the game on and the final day. And the, the, you know, <clears throat> we can't afford to get to the mentality of let's leave it to the end of the window, because we've been there so many times before, and you know, the fingers are covered in burns and that, and they still seemingly don't learn sometimes. So what do you reckon, the end of this week, and then move on? To, you know, to, uh, the end of tomorrow? I don't know. That's an interesting mm. point, isn't it? How long do you leave? It depends it? what other p- options they've got as well, doesn't well, it? Well, they have to have options. They've got to have. They've got to have. They can't just have a short list of one. They need. They need to have. I mean, Allardyce did in 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 balance. He did say yeah. there was there was a few, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. But, but clearly, you know, and as we reported last last week, it feels like an age ago. He's he's the number one target. They've gone after him first because they want him above yeah. all others. Yeah, it's interesting, but I. The interesting one of this, from people turn on Steve Walsh's role and things like that, and he's out there, and is 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 everything up to Steve Walsh when he's out there, or you know we've spoken about you know Mercedes involved, and Allardyce involved, and selecting players and stuff. You know, does Steve Walsh just go out with, with a blank check, or does, or does, he, does, he, does he does he negotiate have to report, at all? I don't does know. He negotiate. You know what I mean? It's, it's like you know, I if it doesn't happen, yeah. what I'm saying there, if it doesn't happen, who? You know, who's who's shout is it to make it not happen? Is it is it Walsh's shout? Is it Allardyce's shout? Is it Machiri's yeah. shout? Is is you know? Well, I, I, I mean. assume ultimately, ultimately, when it comes to signing the checks, it would be far harder. Yeah. Ultimately, um, but I think, and I've said, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I think, I think, what would help in these situations is if. At some point, there is a, a greater clarity over what Steve Walsh's remit is. Because yeah. I think there's so much, uh, not misinformation, I think there's a vacuum. And I think yeah. it's filled with uh, speculation, opinion. People don't actually know. I think yeah. it would be of use if he, if, if he was to sit down and go, look, this is what I do. This is my remit. I don't do negotiations, or I do do negotiations, or I just identify the players and then I leave it in a passing. I don't know, whatever it is, because maybe unfairly, maybe correctly, you know, there's a lot of stuff being thrown at Walsh. Now I don't know if it's yeah. all if it's all fair, if it's all uh, correct or not. It's difficult, and look, he's, he's probably not that, that bothered by it because you know he's, he'd be used to that sort of thing. But it would just, I think, it would help. Yeah, for the fan base to understand who is actually making the decision. That's what I was. That's what I was coming coming to really uh, there. But it's, it's an interesting one. But I, I'd say, going back to Greg's point, I'd say by the end of this week. Yeah. I'd say yeah. definitely say by yeah, the end of this bit. week. Definitely. I wouldn't want it going on to next week. Is you you're just uh, you're just running out of time. Yeah, and the Premier League kicks off. Is it how many games in January? Is it three Premier League, three or four? Uh, Spurs, West Brom, Leicester. Yeah. Yeah, so West Brom and Leicester, you know, 
games you're expecting to pick up some points. And Spurs yeah. are always difficult, isn't it? Yeah. But you know, yeah. Um, so I, I mean, look. Hopefully, by the time this podcast is uploaded and later on this evening, uh, there may be some positive news and a deal's been struck. But is it? unthinkable unforgivable that we emerge from the window and it's a short window don't forget without a striker no, yeah. we, we can't Absolutely. We, we have, there needs to be a striker in. Like yeah. you, you can't you can't have the rest of the season with the options that we've had because fair, fair play to the Calvert-Lewin and Nias as well they showing great attitudes but they're just not good enough for what we for what we need them to be yeah going on Phil's I think you raised this point uh, week or two back Phil is, I do repeat myself is, a lot no, yeah. is, <laughs> is it just a striking issue or is it a general creativity issue as well that even if we've got this guy in that we're not exactly creating a load of chances at the moment well, are we you know we created you know what I mean? we created one chance against United really yeah. than the ass header that goes in slash shoulder that, that yeah. goes in it's 1-1 <laughs> yeah. we missed you know yeah, we against United yeah it's not as if we're creating and we come away from the game so, oh, we had, if we had a decent striker there he would have got three or four you know what I mean it's just to me we definitely need a striker but that will only work once we get our sort of balance rights in terms of creating creating opportunities behind them really. I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was thinking about this earlier and I totally agree and I think one of our problems is and we, it, it was painfully sort of underlined at Bournemouth we're overstocked with similarly tight yeah, yeah. defensive midfielders, you know, who, and then this isn't like, you know, it's happened, it hasn't just been a result of Koeman, but he didn't help the situation, it's happened before that. Midfielders who are defensive sort of by nature, like to pass sideways or backwards, and can't really, and I'm going to go on about him because he was always my hero, but we haven't had a player like Mikel Arteta for a long time, and they don't come along very often. No. But we need, and I sort of hope, that Sigurdsson, when he bought all those number 10s, well, maybe he thought Sigurdsson would be more of a conventional central midfielder yeah. in, like, an Arteta mould. Mm. Now, I've seen some really good things with Sigurdsson, but I still haven't sort of seen that. So, if anything, is there room maybe for us to buy a creative central midfielder in this market? Well, I know we were linked with him Zonzi, and he's not really that, is no, he? No, no, I'm, no, not, I'm not sure whether Sigurdsson might have been that, but I think Davy Klassen... My, well, my, that's, my a, that's, that's a good shout. Very much fit, fit into that mould, but he just he just can't get up to the speed. To, of the to be fair, a player who occasionally shows signs of being able to do that is Tom Davis, isn't he? Yeah, I think um, it, I think him and Klassen are very similar style. He, he, he's yeah. too young. That's yeah. what I was about to say. Yeah. Going forward, yeah. perhaps. Um, but um, yeah, I agree. And Barbara asked me have a PNR and. I don't know what, what, what you lot thought about Friday night though in particular was you know look Yannick is still searching for match fitness and he, he clearly was blowing after about half you know half time wasn't he? he was struggling but there was a couple of moments where we saw Yannick yeah. old, and he puts in crosses and there was nobody there, nobody yeah. there. Yeah, so yeah. you actually get a centre forward who knows how to sniff out a chance mm. and, you cre- and you're making those half chances into proper chances well yeah. that's it the problem was whenever whenever Balassi seemed to get the ball in that first half he'd go to take on Lindelof and he'd beat him a few times but what, what kept happening was Nias kept coming over mm. to the to the left wing with him for some reason yeah. and that would drag over a centre back who could double then double up on Balassi it was, it was very strange and I think mm. maybe a better striker would have Kept those centre backs away from Balassi, yeah. could cause maybe a bit more damage. And maybe you know, maybe 
United's defence felt they could probably shepherd somebody like Nias a bit further away from goal because yeah. they've got the confidence to think, well, you get behind. Nobody's coming in the far yeah. stick, are they? Yeah. No, yeah. And when he did get behind, and it wasn't really his fault, it was a fantastic challenge from Rocco, but yeah. you know, he maybe could have pulled the trigger a bit sooner if you're being sort of, you know, a bit parsimonious. Yes. But parsimonious. For, <laughs> well, for, for me though, for me though, I, I have to say that the header he missed was just really underlying the problems. That's yeah. why you'll never be good enough. No. If no. you get one chance like that, it was a clear header on goal, you've got to score. Here's one for you before we move on to Liverpool and, and debate who will play up front. Um at 12 million quid or whatever it was, would you have bought Valencia in the summer? Oh, and a Valencia? Mm. Well, no. I still, I still think that's a bit steep for for Anna Valencia. For what he was, yeah, he was he was a good option off the bench. Um, I'm is not he, sure he's a starting forward. Is he? A, I'm again playing devil's advocate though. Is he a better option off the bench than the ass or Calvert Lewin? I don't know. I'm just I'm putting, it out, putting it out there. I think mm. Lukaku's presence on the pitch. Yeah. How Valencia last season, Daddy actually he came on, but he had he could he had somebody on the pitch who he could help change the game. If yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. He had Lukaku there because you know, we said before, had me a couple of times. You know, start of this year, one nil with fifteen minutes left, three nil. Yeah, Lukaku to Valencia's come on the pitch and yeah. made the difference. You know, so I think he had whether he could do the same if at the moment I'm not saying. Um, what was where is super question where is he now Valencia is he he's gone to is he Mexico I think yeah, yeah. Is, he, is he on yeah. Yeah. he won the title is he, in, is he at Tigres he won the yes. title yes. Tigres, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Mexican football is not my uh, speciality uh, <laughs> obviously uh, but I think 12 million I'm not sure I think we've had this discussion didn't we because just, yeah, just wondered yeah. just, it just came to me had head, you yeah. bought him though he would have been an option while yeah. he was still you'd still need St. Tossin or someone else this window yeah yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what he has. There's actually got, an argument, sorry, Phil, that maybe you need two forwards in this window. I was going to say, what, what Valencia did have was pace, yeah. didn't yeah. he? So, but so I don't know. That's, that's been yeah. and gone, hasn't it, unfortunately? But uh, one strong striker in the Everton ranks that we didn't mention, which is perhaps indicative, is uh, Sandro Ramirez. Um, does he get a shock return to the team on Friday night at Anfield? Oh, <laughs> stop. That was, the, that was the right reaction. He didn't mean it, Sandro, <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, no. No, we just I, don't I know, don't do we? Because we haven't seen enough. I mean, we've we've seen flashes of him, and no. it hasn't been good, has it? No. But generally, we we don't we can't gauge if there's been any improvements because we don't we're not able to watch them train. And his continued absence from the squad or from the starting lineup suggests there hasn't been. Mm-hmm. I would have to say. Does I mean, yeah. look, so we we had some quotes. I spoke to Sam a while ago. Um, kept a line from him where he, he basically I asked him. I said, why, from your point of view, Sam is Sandro not not settled? And he, he spoke with sympathy about the general about generally foreign players coming to a football club, and then said it's very difficult when they come into a team that's struggling. Mm. And he said it, it, it's his biggest challenge he's ever faced is knitting this squad together because there's so many players, and he said there's ca- there's different characters, there might be character clashes, there's different cultures, religions, different attitudes to training. So from that, I I, I didn't think that Sandro's future was, was cut and dry. I didn't think. Yeah, he's definitely leaving. I felt there was a degree of sympathy. Do you think he's worth persevering with? It's hard to know, though, again, isn't it? Because yeah. we, we haven't seen enough of him to... On what you've seen, the really bit, it would be rash to make a judgment. Because I still maintain there's a player there. I'm old I think what, as well. 22. 20, 20, 20, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. How old's Dominic Calvert-Lewin? 20. 21. So maybe he's 21, I think, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So really, there's not that much difference. And whereas you say... 
and he only cost us seven million quid only seven million quid i know that's you know a bit of a mad statement in many ways but it was a relatively low risk signing mm. I, I i would be disappointed if he was to just go back to malaga and on loan or in a permanence and carry on his form in la liga um unless someone made a decision like whether it's sam made the decision look it's just not going to happen and then i guess we just have to trust it and the problem is it like for me he looks really nervous whenever whenever he plays his first touch seems really off it's erratic, i'm not i'm not sure i've seen someone fall over on a football pitch more than more than he does like it's it, it's very odd from someone who's come through the Barcelona Academy. I've played five with James Pierce. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But like, he's he's come through Barcelona's academy and like you don't you don't do that if you're not a, if you're not Absolutely. a very good footballer. Yeah, I think it's just the style of football in this country, isn't it? Mm. And the different styles of football. It's not like the league where everybody plays the same, mm. isn't it? There's different methods of playing and different tactics and stuff. And to me, he doesn't seem to appear to read the game. That well, that's I mean, an issue. He, he te- yeah. tends, whenever I see him, it might just be me, but he always appears to be running to the opposite direction to where the ball's going, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm not like having a laugh about that, that's just the impression I get. Mm. Yeah. Uh, is that I, he never, I suppose it goes back to what you were saying there, Adam, not that like you know, he looks a bit nervous, and that's part of it. He's a little bit helter skelter, mm. yeah. sort of, isn't he? You know, mm. where. Cumin seems to be involved in his transfer quite heavily. Was he? I don't profess to know much about how Malaga played last season, although I know that his goals were very important. Was he signed for a manager and a style that's no longer there? And then his actual introduction to the Premier League was when Everton were at the lowest ebb, which wouldn't have helped him. Is he just very quickly become a, you know, an acronym because of Cumin? Is it another thing where you go, nice run for that, Ronald? Yeah. Well, it could have been because at the start of the season, I think we were. Perhaps the even more devoid of creating chances than we are now. Like, like it's like he he wouldn't have had many opportunities. Like he did get a few starts, like in August time. He got a, he got a bit more game time, and then obviously that was when we saw like David Classen getting a lot of game time as well. And it's exactly. it's just not it's just not clicked for either, yeah. for either of them. I think we we really struggled with style of football at the start of the season. Maybe it's just. Not yeah, the of their confidence. I, I think, like, because you know, don't want to go on about this, but we said this at the time, didn't he? When Rooney was playing him, and Rooney tended to occupy the same space because he tended to try and drop drops, didn't he? Like, yeah, you know? yeah. So that that didn't help. I just think you judge about who's getting a game instead of him at the moment. Calvert Lewin, the ass. No, which is I think in, it know, may be great, is it like if you think is about that Sam, it, though, is that Sam? They that's what Sam I mean. Style. Yeah, yeah, I was going to yeah, say yeah. He's, a, he's a victim of not being able to settle in England and then a new manager coming in and having to play a very deliberate style to get everyone out of trouble. But, you know, does, I don't know, again, just, just putting it out there, now that Everton relatively are safe, does Sam roll the dice a little bit more with him and say, you know what, I can start you and give you the opportunity of a bit more of a regular games, I don't know, and we'll play two up front now because I've got to start you know, well, there's an expectancy that I've got to start creating chances. It's got, and the team's got to score goals. Let's play. Let's play you off Calvert Lewin. Not, not based on the team that went and got beat by Bournemouth. Mm. Palace are only seven points behind us yeah. now after that win last yeah, night. West Ham are six, aren't they? We're not game quite as home and hosed in terms of safety as I felt we were mm. because of stupid results like Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we've got Leicester. As you say, Leicester at home on deadline day. It yeah. will be a difficult game. Yeah, of course. Spurs, Spurs, away. And West Brom at home. You've got Arsenal away at That's some point. February. Yeah. yeah. So. We're not gonna, I still, we're not going to get dragged into, <laughs> famous last words, we're not going to get dragged into relegation again, I don't think. 
but I'm not sure that's the problem for Sandro. I'm not sure yet Sam is in a position where he can go, well, yeah, all right, I'll start to use him and try mm. and, as you say, even though I'd like to see that. He may, I suspect he'll be sticking to what's got him, what got his the beginning of his reign off to such yeah. a, an emphatic yeah. start. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the other hand, he's got to, he's got to start <laughs> seeing, seeing some sort of results from Sandro, though. Like he's got to, he's got mm. to show us something. Like that, his goal against Atalanta was a really good finish, but born off a really bad first touch. He could have made it a whole lot, <laughs> yeah. could have made it a whole lot easier for himself. But like he, he, do, he does just like if he's getting these last 10-15 mm. minutes, he needs to start showing yeah. something that, mm. that's gonna give us yeah. like the ass when he when he was first reintroduced into the team, he was he was getting on, he was causing causing havoc in defences. Yeah. He bagged himself a couple of goals, all importantly. Yeah. I think Sandro's got to try and got to try and use that mould for himself if he if he really wants to try and get back into the first. Team. Because you would imagine that he's actually technically a far better footballer than Umanias. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just very quickly wrap up. Um, obviously got to Anfield on Friday night. Uh, Gav, very quickly, uh, yes or no answer. Does Sam Allardyce employ the same tactics he did in the league game? Want a short answer? Yeah, I do, yeah. Um, yeah. Greg, same to you. Does he the same tactics? Yes or no? He's got to, as far as I can see. Depressed. I for a yes or no, and he just gave me that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adam. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, can you? I don't just say briefly, but maybe he's just saying that because he can't do anything else at the moment. Or just interesting. Yeah. Work, um, yeah. Work the first time. Hopefully no, but it's, yeah, but let's face it. Will it work the second time? That's the problem, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It worked the first time. Combination of really dogged defender and luck. Bad decision by Mane. Bad decision in the first place by Klopp. Now maybe the factors will go in our favour again. They haven't got the. F- I was about to say there's something for them, but it's so cringy. I won't go there. But <laughs> they might not have Coutinho. Yeah. Our problems. I just got to get this off my chest before before you go. Is the full-back bets as well? We talk about the the problems yeah. with strikers in the summer and, and legacy of not replacing Lukaku. Kuko Martina, that's Kuko Sam <laughs> Martina at left back. Defensively, he's improved. Mm. Going forward on his wrong foot. Yeah. It, and it, given the importance of attacking full-backs in the modern game, even against teams who aren't as good as you, it's a complete and utter non-entity and a liability. The lad has to check back, look inside. Give the ball back, and if you're an oppo- if you're a hit winger on his side, or even the fullback looking to overlap, he's playing into your hands. It's a waste of time, especially with Koum- with Koeman, with Allardyce wanting to essentially get crosses into the box. He can't. It's really criminal. We've relied on on, and you said this millions of times now, on Baines because he was always going to run into an injury gut, yeah. and really should have had a, repl- a better replacement. Twelve eighteen months ago. For Col- yeah, for yeah. him definitely. And for Coleman, I blame Koeman again for bringing in a lad who wasn't getting his game in Southampton in Martina. And I think, do they have to address fill both full-back birds in this window or just left-back? I would say yeah, just left-back, I think. And just gamble on Coleman coming back. Because Kenny, do, Kenny does all right, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and then yeah. you've also got Holgate can yeah. play there and that, stuff. Well, that's a good and point. Martina. But, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Right, yeah. Well, I'll give you that. They're maybe not right-back, but... It's just so important, isn't it? it is, and yeah. If you're going to play and get crossed into the box, you need yeah, to have these. Completely agree. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you very much for listening. We could pod all day on the fullback issue, and I'm sure we will in January as, as the month progresses. <laughs> because hopefully, hopefully Everton will, uh, as well as signing a striker, sign a left-sided defender as well. So thank you very much for listening and tune in to the uh, latest and the first 
uh, Royal Blue Podcasts of the Year and stay with the Echo Online for all the best news and analysis. <laughs>